Welcome to the Sustainable Events Podcast, where we talk with our special guests about the most up-to-date topics in sustainability and tech for events. This podcast is powered by Circular Unity, the company accelerating a future of sustainable smart events. Welcome to Sustainable Events Podcast. I am your today's host, Eduardo Lebre, founder at Circular Unit, the company accelerating a sustainable future for the events industry. Today, we have a very special guest, Romina Kwong, the founder at Eco-Friendly Events. Eco-Friendly Events is a consulting agency that supports businesses by translating company-wide sustainability goals into implementing accessible and realistic green initiatives at events. A big welcome to Romina. It's a pleasure to have you here and to do this episode today with you. Romina, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in event sustainability? Yeah, thank you for having me, first and foremost. Um, so as Edward mentioned, my name is Romina. Um, I founded a business called Eco-Friendly Events, and it started in 2019. And to give you a little bit more of a background before that, um, I actually studied environmental studies as part of my undergraduate degree. So I had a passion and cared about the environment for quite some time. And then from there, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with it. I there's a lot of research jobs and I didn't want to do research. That wasn't of interest to me. It's very important and we love data, but that wasn't for me. And I ended up being a bridesmaid for a friend's wedding. And in that entire experience, I learned that I really enjoyed events, um, but not necessarily weddings. So I went back to school for event management. And then while working in the industry, especially in the world of festivals, there was just so much waste. And so I saw an opportunity there um, to do something about it. There were some people in the industry um, here in Toronto, where I'm based in Canada, where people cared, but they didn't necessarily have the expertise and the knowledge, especially when it came to waste management and that sort of thing. And so that's why I started my business. This is cool. I see some uh, similarities with uh, my co-founder, mm -hmm. Marcelo. Uh, as well, he 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 was disgusted uh, about how much wasteful events are, especially yeah. festivals, while doing sustainability consultants for them. And this is what uh, drove him to come up with the idea for Circular yeah. Unity. Uh, so yes, it's uh, it's it's from the worst things I would say. Uh, that come out uh, the inspiration for us to, to follow this Definitely. path. Romina, so I know now what inspired you to create and start mm -hmm. your journey in eco-friendly events. How would you define sustainability in the context of events? I guess my approach to event sustainability and sort of my viewpoint is doing the best we can with the resources that we have and the budget, and that includes budget. Um, so where can you seek expertise if you don't have it for your team? Um, what can you do? And implementing it slowly, um, one thing at a time and kind of building on that, especially with an event that's an annual event. Completely agree. I, sometimes when businesses are starting their, their journey or events or even organizations can be so 
overwhelming the amount of data to do a 360 degree sustainability overview that can be easily digestible when you can implement piece by piece and then start with the baseline and constantly event by event exactly exactly all right i would like to ask you this is uh, so something that uh, I've been pondering yeah. quite a lot recently <laughs> about common misconceptions about sustainability that the events industry has. And maybe if you have encountered any kind of sustainability misconception in your path while working with events, something that people were surprised or they had no idea that this could cause so much impact, uh, something like yeah, that. Yeah, um, I think first and foremost, the biggest sort of misconception in general about sustainability is that it always costs more. And when you're looking for well-made products where people are paid fair wages, um, it's made from a some more sustainable material or recycled material, yes, those things can cost more. Um, but the same thing, for example, like looking at um, like solar panels, like upfront, they cost more. They cost a lot of money, but in the long run, you're making that investment for the long term where your energy. Um, and so that's where I think the misconception is. And then within the event sustainability sort of area, able to do things that don't necessarily cost more money. So there are things like asking questions to your vendors in the planning process. If there are not a lot of eco-friendly vendors or options, sparking those conversations and having those conversations. And the more people in the industry are having these conversations, the vendors will be like, oh, we need to provide this as an option. And I think a really good example of this is like the whole concept of offering vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free options in catering or at restaurants. Um, I would say five to eight years ago, that was very rare. Um, they would say, you can have French fries. Um, those are vegetarian. And um, depending on the oil that they were made, but now it's like there's these elaborate, creative, well-tasting foods that are strictly vegetarian or vegan. There is those times when they offer you fish saying that, oh, but there is yeah. fish. <laughs> not the same. Fish is not yeah. vegetarian, dude. Yeah, that's pescatarianism, <laughs> totally different. But I would say, yeah, that's how the impact that we've had as individuals, as consumers in the events industry. The more people demand it, the more changes and impact that you can have with other um, vendors. Um, they will provide those options or figure out internally what they can do. And that's how we're collectively going to make that impact um, by making those changes and having those conversations. So sustainability doesn't always have to cost more. It can, it just depends on where you're focusing. Um, and I think like the thing that I like to always the three R's um, where it reduce, reuse and recycle and that reducing and um 
that doesn't necessarily cost you money. It probably saves you money by not buying the thing. So if you're asking yourself, do I really need to Do you need really it? need to exactly, buy it? Exactly, exactly. And so if you're not, if you say, no, I don't really need it, then you're saving X amount of dollars for, I don't know, the decor item that you wanted to have as part of the set. So. Definitely. Not, not only these, also uh, sustainable creating sustainability measures implies also increasing the efficiencies of the processes, mm -hmm. how you purchase, how you use all the resources involved. And if you are optimizing the efficiency, this also implies into savings. Maybe sometime you're, you're saving on the cost of the product or you're saving on the time of people uh, that have to do a certain job. But in the end, I completely agree with you that business have this misconception that sustainability is tied with costs and when actually in the truth is completely the opposite is tied uh, directly with the profitability mm -hmm. of the company how efficient it is how efficient it is spending the resources and spending their money um, and even some bigger changes like for example let's suppose uh, an arena that uh, uses electricity for, for the grid uh, can be costly to change and replace all the electric system today to solar panels mm -hmm. for example but in the long term the savings that this will bring compensate this initial cost so there is a return of investment uh, in, in the long, long term perspective as well there yeah Awesome. What would you give us an advice for event planners about some effective strategies they can do at the planning stage to have lesser impact in the environment? Yeah, for sure. I think the first thing is to ask yourself and your client, where do you want to focus? Um, so like we talked about at the beginning, it can be really how you pick the best option. So is it plastic? Is it like eliminating plastic, for example? Is it reducing your food waste? Um, is it looking at your energy consumption or is it transportation? Um, so pick one thing and even within that, a subcategory. So is it eliminating single-use plastic, um, like cutlery on site? Is it eliminating single-use water bottles, um, for example, for all of your speakers? So for me, the advice is to figure out the one thing and how can you do it well? And then from there, build upon that. Um, and what is the easiest thing that you can do with the resources that you have? So if you aren't able to low-hanging low fruit exactly start with the easy thing get that easy win celebrate that um and then build from there i think for example even changing your menu selection so having less red meat on the menu um and only having it for one meal for example um versus all of your meals how can you reduce the impact in those ways like there's so many and if you ever feel sort of like lost or don't have ideas like that's when you can hire a consultant like myself or anywhere anybody else who has that expertise and just pick their brain 
Um, that's what we're here for. And that's what we want to help you do and empower you to do. Um, and so, yeah, just figuring out what's the one thing you want to do first and then, yeah, building from there. Awesome. I was thinking here, and for the event planners, because to, today sustainability became, let's say, a mainstream mm -hmm. topic. Finally, yes. finally, it's out there everywhere. Uh, then we we see all the time the challenges that businesses and organizations including events and entertainment industry face for example with um, it's not that they don't want to do most of events especially the big ones they have plenty of initiatives and different in different areas different SDGs tackling different aspects of uh, waste water energy um, but from time to time you have even with those that are trying to do something, some kind of backlash or claims of greenwashing because certain events are not doing enough. Let's take as example the, the World Cup, uh, this latest one. is a major massive event, absurdity of emissions that are generated, travels, constructions, waste, uh, amount of water mm -hmm. to keep the fields grass is insane but we see that for example they they did a lot of initiatives they have a massive uh, sustainability reporting but even though there is a certain backlash that they didn't measure correctly that they they lacked these they accounted for things not in the right way uh, is missing this is missing that and why I speak uh, about this do you think that sometimes events take longer to start their journey with fear that even if they do something, they will face this kind of backlash? I think that's everything in general, um, just what, whatever injustice um, that we're trying to tackle, whether it's environment, social injustices, anything like that, people are scared because of the backlash of people commenting saying you're not doing enough you're not doing this you're not doing that and you have to start somewhere um and i think being completely transparent and telling people hey with the resources that we have with the budget and the manpower and everything this is what we're able to accomplish today this year this is what we've tried we welcome your comments we welcome the feedback and i think it's important to also keep in mind who you're bringing to the table is it a diverse group of people so that you're getting everybody at the table to voice their opinions their concerns um and implementing that again slowly one thing at a time you can't do everything all at once no matter how large an organization you have billions and billions of dollars um you're still not going to be able to solve climate change or everything all at once and so i think probably going to face a little bit of backlash that um, you're not going to get it right, that you're going to make mistakes, but it's important to just learn from them and communicate that to, to the public, to, um, in your reporting, say, we couldn't get this. This is an estimate. 
because we didn't think about this beforehand. We didn't include this in our planning process, but the next time we plan an event like this, we will keep this in mind and be able to capture that data um, to be able to do proper calculations or to implement different things because we have a lot more budget for it or gotten more sponsorship dollars um, where we can implement these things. So definitely the fear is there and it always is that you're never gonna get it right, but that is life. You're never gonna get it all right. <laughs> That is completely true. There, uh, you touched uh, on the, the point there about sponsors and sustainability, and th that made me wonder here very quickly. In Portugal, there is some kind of program uh, f from the Portuguese government where I, I don't know if it's still up to mm -hmm. date, if it still exists, but a few years ago existed, where when events try to calculate their carbon footprint or measure mm -hmm. to have uh, their first baseline, they were awarded a grant, not uh, so small, uh, quite a big grant. Yeah. Uh, I think it was 20 to 30,000 mm -hmm. euros for just measuring the baseline of, of the event. And then I was wondering if uh, in Canada, there is something similar or any kind of support from the government uh, if you make your event sustainable? There definitely was several years ago um, with how the government has been shifting towards. Um, they've definitely decreased. I know there's still a few here and there, um, but not a whole lot that I know of. Um, I know that speaking with a potential client, um, they were able to get grant funding for their event. So I know that it does exist still. Um, but I think looking at sponsors when you're having those conversations, um, they, a lot of companies like big banks, um, other large organizations are moving towards becoming greener, more sustainable. And so having conversations with them, would they be willing to put their sponsorship dollars towards a sustainable um, initiative for the event? Because um, it aligns very closely with their corporate social responsibility. And so I think there's definitely lots of opportunities there and it doesn't necessarily have to come from the government, but I think we can definitely look at a combination. Perfect. So pu public, private, uh... Getting the more people and organizations we have supporting the cause, the exactly, yes. exactly. All right, so I, I will go a bit more broad mm -hmm. now. So, what do you think that is the role of the event industry in promoting sustainability more broadly in society? I think it plays about that? like a crucial role um, because I think of an event as like a mini community for like one to three days or however long your event is. And it's a really controlled environment where attendees have to pay for a ticket to attend or some sort of registration to come. Um, you control what vendors are on site, you control the waste management. And it's almost like a smaller like city or smaller country where it's a much more controlled environment. And I think being able to implement things and to show people that we can still have a good time, still attend a really cool conference, go to a really amazing festival, 
um, and do it much more mindfully and sustainably is possible. And it trickles, right? Like there's a trickle effect. And um, that happens, you know, just in my own life where I tell people, oh, like in Toronto, you can't recycle X item. Um, and then they remember that and they'll be like, Ramina, like last, the next time I did this, like I thought of you and I made this decision. And so it's the same way. I think events have a really um, huge role and impact that they can have on both individuals and organizations. Um, and for individuals who attend those events, like in their roles, in their jobs, how can they continue that impact or that knowledge? Um, so I definitely think even though events is like a small industry in the world, we have a huge impact because every industry hosts an event or participates in an event at some point or another. Every company makes events in the end. Correct. Right? I love what you said there that uh, like events are like a, a controlled version of a, of a seat. Maybe I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Words you use it right now, but uh, I, I use it to say something like uh, okay, Earth is a closet system, mm -hmm. so everything that you take, you need to put it back some way. And this can be applied from the macro to the micro. Yeah. And where events are part of that grid and they are prototypes of societies yeah. and can be used as laboratories for the uh, a city laboratories. Mm -hmm. uh, what you if it works for an event, it can be applied to all the other scales from the micro to the mm -hmm. macro, on the scale of a city, on the scale of the state, federal, even global. But for this, everyone needs to, to work together. And I think the events industry can be a great uh, catalyzer, mm -hmm. especially I advocate for artists and panelists and let's say thought leaders, people that have a voice, uh, that they have the power to influence uh, the masses yeah, for sure. and make the message spread faster. So I really try to push and tackle, tackle on this, uh, this point that we need to find a way to bring everyone together in the same mission. Mm -hmm so it can reach more people and more people can get involved and, and help in their own way. Uh, starting by, I would say, collecting data, doing a baseline, then improving the events. And this no, don't cover only the suppliers, but also the attendees about thinking what kind of transportation they're gonna be using to go to mm -hmm. the event, what kind of accommodation uh, can really make a, a big difference. Here in Europe, uh, we always talk a lot about using trains yes. instead of airplanes, which is fantastic because here it works. In Brazil, where I am from, we don't have trains. Uh, so that is tricky. How can you travel sustainably in Brazil? It's basically impossible, mm -hmm. I would say, unless you have your own electric car and you're putting all the people for car. Exactly, yeah. Maybe that would the best uh, alternative there all right uh, so no i just wanted to add that that's such a good point please. where in europe the train system is so good to travel from country to country and that's not always the case where you are um like in toronto 
the public transit system is good when it works and it's not great when it doesn't. Um, but I think you need to accommodate and make adjustments based on where you are. So what I do at an event here in Toronto, maybe you can't do or you can do better where you are. And I think it's really, yeah, figuring out where you are. And like you said, measuring that baseline, like maybe the first year is just measuring the impact of your event as it is without necessarily adjusting too much, but just saying, okay, like, let's see what the baseline is. And then how do we improve from there um, and making those adjustments and calculations. You're just muted, Eduardo. All right, technical <laughs> difficulties with me forgetting to unmute myself. <laughs> it happens. All right, Romina, I think we are getting to close to the end. So I will make you a last question. Um, lastly, could you share with us any upcoming projects or initiatives that you're working on? that you're particularly excited about and would like to, to share? Um, I don't know if there's anything I can officially share, but I can talk about it in general. Um, I am working with a local college um, in Toronto. Um, we've been co-creating co an event sustainability course um, for people to take, so for planners and other people in the industry. So I'm really excited to share the knowledge um, through that way, through that medium. Um, and I'm potentially working with an upcoming client um, on a food drive um, and making their food drive much more sustainable. So I'm very excited about that just because it hits on a couple of issues that I care about. Um, the lack of house, ho the housing crisis that we have, you know, in general, but also specifically in Toronto and in Canada, being able to sort of tackle those issues and do it from an eco perspective um, just really warms my heart. And so I'm very excited to potentially work on that project as well. It's really amazing. Romina, thank you very much for your presence today. It was a pleasure having you and listening to your story and the amazing work you have been doing. Thank you for having me. Uh, I wish that uh, more and more people that are making events, organizations that are making events are each time more looking for consultants uh, to help them build their sustainability strategy, set their goals, initiate with the baseline, start using technologies like the, the one that we created at Circular Unit to make their life easier in measuring the carbon footprint. And basically, don't do an event that just for doing an event. Uh, think of the impact that is generating during and post your event end as well. Uh, basically, I just leave uh, this message, uh, hoping for a, a more sustainable industry and setting my goal here that is to keep uh, trying to push uh, to accelerate sustainability and knowing that there is people like you doing the same in different parts of the world uh, really makes me happy and Hope. Yeah, me too. Knowing that we're not alone. I think these conversations are sort of like the best part is knowing that there are other people doing the same work um, and we're collectively working towards the same goal. So yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you, Romina. 
and this is one more episode of Sustainable Events Podcast. Thank you for watching. Welcome to the Sustainable Events Podcast, where we talk with our special guests about the most up-to-date topics in sustainability and tech for events. This podcast is powered by Circular Unity, the company accelerating a future of sustainable smart events.